Hey friend, this is Ben Liston, Senior Pastor of the Stanton First Church of God. I want to personally thank you for joining us today here on our podcast. I hope the message is challenging, encouraging, and builds your faith. Now enjoy the message. It's so good to see you today, and thank you for taking the time to be with us. I'm going to ask, maybe you would take your Bible if you brought it with you, or you can look in our notes that we have for you there um, on our website. I'm going to be in Romans chapter 8 today. And I'm going to begin reading in the 14th verse. The Bible says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. Paul lays out for us here in Romans chapter 8, the foundational truth of every blood-washed one, it is that we are joined together as a family through Jesus Christ, through our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ. Through being a part of this family, there are some things that have happened to us or that we have access to. I want to walk walk through these verses of Scripture today to remind you of the family that you are a part of. The first thing I want you to notice as you're following along in our notes there um, on our website, the first thing I want you to consider today is we are adopted. We are adopted. We have a new family. Look with me at verse number 14. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. According to Paul, when we believed, we became the sons and daughters of God. That is, we were removed from uh, the family of Adam and we were transplanted into the family of God. We are literally His children through adoption. 1 John 3 and verse number 1 through 3 says, See what great love the Father has given us that we should be called God's children. And we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it didn't know Him. Dear friends, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet been revealed. We know that when He appears, we will be like Him because we will see Him as He is John's verses tell us that we are His children right now. And that one day we will be just like our new Father when we are all gathered together in heaven. Now, I want you to notice the first part of verse 14. It says, For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. What this means is that those who are in the family begin to act like the family. As it has now been, by the way, today marks exactly four years since uh, you all called me and my family to be your pastors. And since that, since that time, thank you, thank you. Since that time of being with you and uh, being in moments of crisis with you and in moments of celebration with you and in everyday life, I've gotten to know you all pretty well. 
but I've also gotten to know your families. And so sometimes when I call you and uh, maybe the daughter or the son answers the phone, uh, many times I get confused because I'm not sure if it's mom, dad, or the daughter or the son because you all sound alike, you all act alike. You know, if your bunch is out of control and crazy, more than likely you're going to be out of control and crazy, but we'll leave that alone. But, but you understand what I'm saying. Families act a lot alike. It's the same way for the children of God and for the family of God. When you, are, when you are led by the Spirit of God, there's something different about you and you act like your family or like your Father who is the God of heaven. There's a distinction about the family of God. Many times, uh, in a, maybe you'd be traveling on vacation and you, you meet someone and I've done this before, you might seem this as strange, but I have literally walked up to somebody and I'll say, you're a Christian. And they say, yes, I am. How did you know? Y'all know what I'm talking about? You just know. You, you can just tell. Why? Because all of us who are a part of the family of God, there are certain distinctions about us in the way that we act, the way that we talk. Why? Because we're a part of the family. We've been adopted into the family. We have a new family. You might say, well, why is this? It is because we have been filled by the Spirit of God. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 9 says, but you, it is really hard to preach with this wind blowing, but we'll be all right. It says, but you are not in the flesh, but you are in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. Here's the reality. You and I are a part of the family of God because the Spirit of God resides inside of us. By the way, the Spirit residing inside of us must bring us great assurance of our salvation because if the Spirit is inside of us, then the Spirit is speaking to us. It is showing us the way in which we should go. The Spirit is leading and guiding us in our everyday lives. That is a great test of the assurance of our salvation is whether or not the Spirit is speaking to us. Not only do we, have we been adopted, we have a new family. But we also, we have a new father. Verse 15 tells us that we have been delivered from the bondage of fear. And that we have been adopted into the family of God. Now I don't know if you're familiar or not with the adoption system in our country. Uh, but here is some things you might be interested in. In our society... Many times adopted children feel and are perceived to be second class or maybe not even a member of a real member of the family. And what, how sad that that is. Also, they are forever reminded of the fact that they were not born into an adoptive family. However, when Paul was writing these words to the church at Rome, in ancient Rome, things were vastly different. To be adopted in Rome was a great privilege. Adoption, the word adoption means to place as a son. The picture of adoption is beautiful of what God does for the Christian. In the ancient world, the family was based on a Roman law called the Father's Power. The law gave the Father the absolute authority over his children as long as the father lived. 
He could work, enslave, sell, and if he wished, he could pronounce the death penalty to his children. Regardless of the child's adult age, the father held all the power over personal and property rights. Therefore, adoption was a serious matter. Yet, it was common practice to ensure that the family would not become extinct by having uh, no male children. And when a child was adopted, there were three legal steps that took place. Number one, the adopted son was adopted permanently. He could not be adopted uh, today and disinherited tomorrow. He became a son of the father. Number two, the adopted son immediately had all the rights of a legitimate son in the new family. Number three, the adopted son completely lost all his rights in his old family. The adopted son was looked upon as a new person. Does any of this sound familiar? So new that old debts and obligations connected to his former family were canceled out and established as if they never existed. Brothers and sisters in Christ, can I proclaim to you this morning that that list that I've just listed for you of the adoption process and rights given to those that were adopted in ancient Rome are a parallel of what you and I receive when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. He becomes our Father. We are His. The world cannot take us from Him. Nothing in this world that we will ever face, no law that has ever passed, no regulations of social distancing, None of that can take us from the love of our Father. Also, we are adopted immediately into the family of God. And when that transaction takes place, we are given all the rights of the family immediately. We are given all the rights and everything of our past, whatever mistakes we've made, however awful our family used to be, the family that were in our human uh, in the human world, none of that matters because the Bible says, for those that are in Christ, old things have passed. Behold, all things have become new. This is a part of the, adop of the adoption in the family of God. I want you to think about this for just a moment. When, do you remember when Jesus prayed in the garden that Lord's Prayer? And He said, Our Father which art in heaven. Don't miss that. That first, those first two words, our Father. It was in that moment that Jesus Christ identified Himself with us, saying that all of those that put their faith and trust in Jesus, we now have a Father. And His name is Abba, Father. Not only do we have a new family, but we also have a new freedom. These verses tell us as children of God that we have been delivered from the power and the influence of the flesh. We are no longer led about by Satan and the whims of the flesh. Now we are led by the Spirit of God. Not only have we been delivered from our old leadership, but we have been delivered from the life of fear that we used to live while we were in our old family. Now that we are in Jesus, now that we are in his hand we have no fear because we know that our future is secure 
in Him. So we can live our life freely without the bondage of fear and without the bondage of sin. Because who the Son has set free is free indeed in Jesus Christ. Therefore we can live a life of freedom. So it says we are family. We have been adopted. We are adopted. But also we are assured. Not only are we adopted, but we are assured. What are we assured of when we enter into this family? Well, first of all, we are assured of our communion with the Spirit. The child of God has a blessed communion with the Holy Spirit. It was this relationship that was predicted by the Lord Himself. The Spirit of God spends time with the redeemed. And this is a truth that every saint of God that is here today must not take for granted. He leads us. He teaches us all we need to know about how to live and for the glory of God in this world. If there's anything that you leave here with today, please leave with this. The Spirit of God lives inside you and He is with you all the time. Quarantine or not, the Spirit of God is with you. He lives inside of you. And those great words that we hear all too often, but can I tell you, it must be something that we hear almost every day. Those words that say, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Or those words that Jesus or that are said in Hebrews, I am the Lord thy God and I do not change. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Friend, don't forget you are not alone. You are in communion with the Spirit of God. Also, we can have assurance of our confidence in the Spirit. The Spirit of God has fellowship with those who are saved by grace. And that is one of the surest ways to know that you have been born again. If you are genuinely saved, you will know it because the Spirit of God will hold communion with you. He will speak to your heart. He will tell you things. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will warn you. He will lead you. He will feed you. He will comfort you. He will teach you in all truth. If the Spirit of God never speaks to your heart, then you need to examine yourself today. Examine yourself. It may be that you have never truly been saved. Just like a mother who wraps her arms around a child to assure them. Can I tell you the Spirit of God wraps His arms around our hearts to assure us, to assure us that we are a child of God. Well, not only are we, have we been adopted, we are in the family, we have been adopted, but we have also, we have assurance. Thirdly and lastly, we also, we are affluent. Now, how many of you in here are affluent? Anybody? Have all kinds of money and... You don't even know what it means? <laughs> it means to have prestige and money. I don't think there's, that's any of us here. But did you know as a child of God, you are affluent. Not only were we adopted in the family and assured for the fact 
of our everyday lives, we are also wealthy beyond measure. The first thing I want you to consider about being affluent, look at verse number 17 with me again. If I can get there. Verse number 17, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Now what these verses teach us are two things that I want you to, or three I should say, that I want you to notice about being affluent. Number one, our privilege. Our privilege. These verses teach us that we are heirs of of God. I wish somebody would honk a horn right there. May I remind you that our Heavenly Father is wealthy beyond measure. Wealthy beyond measure. And I'm not talking about just physical riches. I want you to notice this. Psalm 50 verses 10 and 12 says, For every animal of the forest is mine the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird of the mountains and the creatures of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. The world and everything in it is mine. Has it ever occurred to you that God created everything, literally created everything? So if, if he created everything, then he owns everything. But now I want you to watch this now. Paul, over in the book of Philippians, shows us that we have access to everything that is God's. Look at Philippians 4 and verse 19. It says, and, if, and my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He is able to meet our needs no matter how great they may appear. What he, what ha, what he has belongs to us because of our birthright that we have through Jesus Christ our Lord. Honk right there. That was good. Honk right there. You'll catch on here. By about the last point, you'll catch on. I couldn't help but think of that great hymn that says, Oh yes, oh yes, I'm a child of the King. Oh yes, oh yes, I'm a child of the King. His royal blood now flows through my veins. Yes, I'm a child of a king. My heavenly father, he owns everything. Our great privilege through Jesus Christ. Secondly, we are affluent because of our portion. Not only are we the heirs of God, but we have been made joint heirs with Jesus. With Jesus. Literally, don't miss this now. Literally, we are given an equal share in the wealth of of our father. Now under Jewish law, I don't want you to miss this, under Jewish law the eldest son would be given a double portion of the father's wealth. However, under Roman law, all sons were created equally. Now when I think about this, this uh, it isn't the idea of getting things that amazes me. That's not what amazes me. I'm amazed when I come to understand that I have been placed on the same footing as Jesus Christ. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Let me explain. 
You and I that are saved have been declared to be the sons and daughters of God. And we are given the same standing before God as is His Son, Jesus Christ. Here's what I'm trying to tell you this morning. When we stand before God, all that God sees is Jesus. Why? Because we are in Jesus. So when God... Do, do you realize that God... Um, i got to be careful here. God cannot see sin. Did you know that? Uh, let me rephrase. He can. He chooses not to see your sin. Why? Because when you stand before Him, all He can see is Jesus and the blood of Jesus. So therefore, we stand before Him on the same footing as Christ Jesus. What a privilege. What a portion we have been given through our adoption in Jesus Christ. That when we stand before God, He sees us spotless because of the blood of Christ. So we see our portion. We see our privilege. Lastly, we see our promise. Now if you haven't figured this out yet, I don't know how old, I don't know what the average age would be out here today, but if you haven't figured this out, we go through tough times. Honk a horn right there. Yeah. We go through tough times. We're going through one right now. Would you agree with that? But I don't want you to, I don't want you to miss the promise. I don't want you to miss the promise. Look at verse number 18 again with me. Or 17, I'm sorry. Verse 17. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. You say, preacher, what does that mean? Well, let me put it in some Eastern, Eastern Kentucky talk. Let me put it to you very plainly. We are just pilgrims passing through. This world is not our home. If I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times. You are wasting your time trying to stay connected to the things of this world. Because if there's one thing I've realized in these last six weeks, there really is nothing that matters in this world. Nothing. You can't rely on anything. You can't rely on anything in this world. So, now please take that in understanding. I don't mean I can do without my family. But if I, had, if I lost my family and still had Christ, I would be okay. I might not like it, but I would be okay. Do you understand me? Do you understand what I'm saying this morning? Here is the promise. The promise is, is that one day we will be with Him in heaven for all of eternity. That is what Paul is saying is that now that you've been adopted into the family, you have a great promise. And that is whatever comes your way in this life, whatever passes by your way, whatever you have to deal with, does it pales into, it does not even compare to what is awaiting for you over in glory. So Paul put it this way, we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith for what is to come, not for what is going on right now. We walk by faith for what our eyes will soon see one day in glory. 
Paul also said this. He said, right now you look through the glass darkly. Right now the picture is dark. It's bleak. But one day it will be opened. It will be clear. And we will be able to see the face of God when we stand before Him in that glorious city. The city of God. That is our promise. Hold fast to the promise today. In closing, here's my question for you. Are you a part of the family? Please make sure that you stay close to your phones. We'll be updating you on our plans for re-entry. Of course, as you know, the governor has set a date for May the 20th. The leadership will be meeting this week to discuss a re-entry plan and making sure that we're following guidelines that have been laid out. Uh, but stay tuned. We will keep you updated. And we're looking forward to being back together. We just want to make sure we do it safely. And uh, make sure that everybody is as comfortable as possible. I shouldn't say that. I never want you to be comfortable. I want you to be safe. I don't want you to be comfortable. When you're comfortable, that's not a good thing. <laughs> that's not a good thing. I want you to keep moving forward. But we want to make sure that you feel safe. All right, so we'll be coming up with a plan uh, over the next couple of weeks, and we will make sure that you know all about that. Thank you for joining us today. It's so good to see you all, and um, we'll be sending you notes and letters. And Oh, yes, I want to mention one other thing. I just thought of this. If you received a little goodie package, if your kids received a little goodie package this week, I want to thank uh, Rosie uh, Step and uh, Susie Alexander and Tanya Snowden. Uh, yes, thank them. And also, uh, Wendell Alexander was able to get all that stuff donated to the church. So uh, we thank them for doing that, and I hope that encouraged your children. And uh, some of you elder saints, you be watching out because you might get a little gift too, as well. Um, but we want you to know that you're loved, you're cared for, uh, and we are here for you. Hey friend, thanks again for listening. I hope this message was a blessing to you. For more information about our church, go to our website at www.stantonfcog.com. You can also join us on Facebook at Stanton First Church of God. If this message helped you in any way, hit the share button below. Thanks again for listening, and always remember, God loves you, and so do I.